quarantine diaries. Join with me as I cry. Good morning, friends, family members, faithful listeners. Um, we're back today with a nice little podcast. I'm filming in the morning. I know, amazing. Usually I film around like 1 p.m., but you know, I decided to have a nice early start to my day. So because it's the morning, I have a nice little caramel macchiato that I'm drinking. And let me say it is tasty. Um, I got extra caramel in mine because, you know, I love my sweetness. So what has happened today? pretty much nothing. Um, I told myself I'd wake up at nine, woke up at 10. So I've only been up for an hour, but the good thing was I washed my face. I got dressed as if I was going to go outside today. So that's pretty great. You know, I think having a nice little like schedule is going to make this time much easier for me. And also maybe it'll make it easier for you. But like, if you don't want to follow schedule, you know, it's up to you. Like do what you want in this like pot in this corona quarantine state, you know? Um, also some other fun facts. I am filming upstairs today because it is a nice sunny day and I want to see the sun. I don't want to be in my basement and feel like I'm a loner. Uh, so if you hear any like background noise, it's it's probably because there's some like construction going around and there's cars whizzing by. I live downtown So there's always noises. So I'm sorry for any weird like background things happening. I can't control that. If I could, I would. But anyway, so. So it is officially March 25th here in Canada. So I want to wish my mom a happy birthday again. I love you so much. And I hope you're having a great time in the Philippines. Um, because of that, my brother and I are going to have some pasta to celebrate my mom's honor. And why pasta? Well, there's like this Filipino tradition where when, when it's your birthday, you eat like noodles. And when you eat noodles, it represents like long life. And I can hear my brother making noise in the background because he's watching TV using his AirPods. So don't mind him. <laughs> so I was trying to come up with things that I was going to talk about today. I usually draft a little like outline of how these episodes are going to go and what I'm going to talk about. And I know surprising because it seems like I don't have any structure and I just talk about things that come to my mind, but no, there is an outline and I usually follow it. And when I was writing it yesterday, I was like thinking, what did I do yesterday that would be interesting to talk about? And I couldn't really find much things. And I feel like I'm just holding myself back just talking about things I'm doing because I feel the the main asset of this podcast is my mind and the places it will go. So I promise I will not be restrained from just talking about my activities because, you know, that's fun. I like to get into some fun hijinks. I have a lot of fun stories to tell, but I also have a mind and my mind is just so powerful that I can just talk about random topics, and I I feel that it will engage the listener somehow. (laughs) Wow, I sounded like an egomaniac right there, but you know what? I'm making a podcast where I just talk about my life, so there has to be some like big ego in there (laughs) for me to think that people are interested in this. But you know what? I honestly thought that I would really not get any listeners, but I was checking my analytics um, today, 
And there are quite a few people listening to this. And I'm very, very surprised. And I quite like it. Um, I've been getting some messages on Facebook telling me to keep on going and that this is really good. And I'm so happy that people like hearing me talk. When I edit these, it's sort of cringy because I'm just like, wh- like, why am I doing this? There's always that moment of regret. Then when you pub- then I have to like for- sort of force myself to publish it and like put it out there for the world to see. And once I do, I feel better. But there's always that tinge of like, ooh, this is this is so cringy. I wonder if this is how any person who like puts out like any content or like art to the world, if, if that's how they feel that. There's always that little cringe factor there's always that little like like space where you just feel this is the worst thing I'm ever doing like why am I doing this and I think it's a common thing for people to feel I don't think that I'm the only one who feels this but who knows maybe I am and I'm just trying to like push myself out of my comfort zone but I feel like anyone who has published anything knows that feeling of of like self-doubt and once they overcome it they just feel elated and great and I think doing this has really sort of pushed me (laughs) creatively in a sense because I'm doing something I've never done before and I'm just trying to like get over that hurdle of self-doubt and I'm I'm sort of happy I'm like happy so that's all I wanted to say on that little topic there you know aside from this whole spiel about like the artists and their self-doubt um I wanted to say that I finished the first season of Westworld and let me tell you those last few episodes were so so good I have not been like engrossed and so surprised by a show in such a long time I'll be honest I usually watch like I usually like not watch I like read spoilers about like a show or a movie and so I don't really allow myself to be like fully immersed in what I'm watching and I decided that for Westworld I was just gonna go in without any preconceived like notions or like pre-knowledge of what's gonna go what's gonna happen and I'm so thankful because I think um the twists that the show takes are really amazing and they're not they're not they're they're also set up very well there's something like I hate I hate it I really really hate it when you watch anything when you watch a show or a movie and there's a twist and there's no explanation of it you know I think a really good twist um there are like hidden clues throughout what you're watching that you don't notice until you rewatch it um I'm I definitely think that rewatching Westworld you're gonna find some like nuances and like these like hidden things that you did not notice before and I think that I think that's great I love that and I can't wait to see what season two brings um I decided with the show that I don't want to like fully do like a binge where I sit down and watch everything in one sitting because I think that a drama and a show like Westworld you need to have moments where you just think about what you watched and just sort of let it sit with you for a while. And it's not like a comedy where you can just put it on and have it sort of in the background where you're like doing other things. You really need to pay attention to what you're watching. And, you know, I'm like, I'm sort of happy. I'm glad that I started a new show um, because like I said before, 
I would always watch the exact same things over and over again. Like it's either community or rest development or friends. Like I have sort of this weird schedule of what shows I'm going to watch. And it's just usually those three shows recycled over and over again. And sometimes BoJack Horseman will be thrown in. But yeah, um, I think the reason why is because I think there's a comfort in knowing what you're watching. And also I think if you watch something enough times, you, you can still find enjoyment of it and I definitely would just put on those shows to have like something in the background while I do something else. And I think I don't really pay attention to what I'm watching when I'm watching those shows. But I, I think it's time for me to start paying attention and start expanding my mind. Like I said before, I need to stop getting this rut of doing the exact same thing over and over again. And I think having this little nice watching schedule of Westworld will help me get through that. But I'm sort of, I'm going to be sad when um, I catch up to the current season because then I have to start watching it weekly because it's it's airing right now. Like the third season is airing um, and I think my brother and I are going to try and catch up um, because there's only 10 episodes really per season. So I can't wait to get there when I'm caught up, but I'm going to be sad because I have to wait every week about what's going to happen and I'm not excited for that. So social media, do we like it? Do we hate it? Well, I feel like me, like everyone else, has a love-hate relationship with social media. Um, I love it because it allows me to sort of like, you know, turn off my mind and look like I'm doing something important when I'm in public and feel really awkward. So I'll like go on Twitter and scroll through like the trends and make it seem like I'm doing something important when really I'm just looking at Twitter. Um, but speaking of Twitter, I've just recently started becoming a Twitter person. Um, before, I, I didn't really get it. I didn't have a fun time. I had it in like high school. I made it and I made one tweet about how windy it was and I deleted it because I was like, this is an awful tweet. Um, but I got really into it like this year and I've got to say like, I love it. You know, I just love looking at the trending page and seeing what, what people, what the masses want to talk about. And sometimes it is pretty funny and weird. Like somehow Maze Runner became trending because of a BTS video. And I just love those tweets. Like I, I love it when you see something that's trending and it has nothing to do with really anything. Um, one of the trends that I saw was about Betty White. And this was during like, you know, the height of like, not the height, like this is like, obviously I, it was, it was trending like, right. It was trending like a few weeks ago. And I thought that it was about Betty White having coronavirus or she's like dead because of coronavirus, or maybe that she's just dead. And I was like, oh my God, not Betty White, not her. And I looked into it and it was just basically people saying that they were worried about Betty White. There was really no news to really support that she was like suffering of any kind. Just people were just worried because she's really old. And I just found it funny that trended and people like one of the first tweets I saw was, I can't believe Betty White is trending and it has nothing really to do with Betty White or anything that's happening with her. Um, so it's sort of become part of my routine to wake up and look at the trends uh, that are there. And one thing that I saw that was trending this morning actually was about Prince Charles. And it turns out that he has coronavirus, which is um, which is very sad. Like, I don't think any, I don't want anyone to have Corona. Uh, I rather just go away, but I think he's pretty lucky that he is a Royal and he is able to get like really top quality, like treatment if anything goes wrong. Um, I'm not saying that he, it's good that he has it. I'm just saying that the position he's in, um, he's very fortunate to have all these resources around him. I know for, I read he's like in Scot home in Scotland right now, just like 
self-isolating and he has mild symptoms, which is, which is good, which is good. Great for him. Um, you know, I just, this got me thinking about something. Uh, it's very interesting seeing all these celebrities come out and say that I have Corona. Um, it's just, I just find it interesting because some of them like Idris Elba have shown no signs, but they were able to get, you know, these testing kits. And I've been reading a lot about, I've been seeing a lot of things online about sort of how coronavirus is sort of highlighting sort of wealth inequality, which is something I'd never really thought about. I just never thought about, you know, this virus in terms of like wealth inequality. It wasn't, it didn't really go on my radar until like really thinking about how do these people in higher positions or like have the, all this wealth and this power, this profile able to like get these testings when normal everyday people can't. Um, I know that when I was in Kingston, there was a certain level of criteria you had to have to be able to walk into the building and get a, like get a test, which is crazy because maybe I was like asymptomatic, maybe. And like, I just didn't know I had it and I wouldn't be able to go in and just make, like, just make sure that I didn't have it because I didn't travel for a few days and I didn't have any real known contact with a person who had like a known case of coronavirus. Like maybe, you know, you, it's just the way that viruses spread are just, is just so, it, this virus I know spreads so easily and there could be people and you could be listening right now and you might have and you just don't know because you could be asymptomatic and you can't really get a test right now. And I think that's pretty bad. I know in South Korea, um, they tested a shit ton of people and that's how they were able to really like keep sort of the spread under control. And I remember reading somewhere that um, the US has like the least amount of number, like the least amount of number of kits per capita. Like, I mean, per, like, for the population, which is crazy because you would think with all their power and money, as Donald Trump say, says, um, they, would be, they would have a ton of kids, but they don't. Uh, and it just makes me wonder, you know, in Canada, like, are, do we, are we really testing enough people and do we have, like, enough resources to be able to do that? So that is what is on my mind with that. Honestly, like, this whole wealth inequality topic is very interesting and I think very important, uh, a very important conversation to have, but I do not unfortunately have the time to talk about it, but I would love to hear your opinions about this because I know you guys have opinions. You're not a mindless robot. Trust me. I know. So please like message me any, any thoughts you have about this subject because I would love to hear it. So aside from Prince Charles, I wanted to talk about this other thing that I saw that was trending on Twitter. It was the hashtag boycott giant tiger. And if you don't know what giant tiger is, it's this store that's basically like Walmart, but the prices are very cheap. You can really find anything there. Um, at first I thought maybe they, people wanted to boycott giant tiger because they weren't giving their workers fair enough wages during the coronavirus, um, crisis, or maybe because they were deemed an unnecessary, um, industry and they were going to be open despite the government's orders. Uh, but no, the reason why was because it had to do with things that were happening in the house of commons yesterday. So giant tiger, uh, was trending because of the government and that 
it was it it sort of blew my mind because I didn't understand. So I dive deep, and it turns out the connection between the government and Giant Tiger has to do with this one guy named Scott Reed. And let me say, Scott Reed sounds is like one of the whitest names I've ever heard. He sounds like a frat guy uh, that I. He sounds like a frat guy. Not gonna lie, that's the type of name he has. Like, if your name is Scott, a hundred percent, you're probably a fratty bro who loves cracking a cold one with the boys. But anyway, our Scott Reed is an MP uh, who, who's a member of Parliament who whose family owns Giant Tiger. And the reason why people wanted to boycott Giant Tiger was because um, yesterday um, Scott Reed, despite being told by his party whip. Um, to not go to Ottawa, made a surprise appearance and suspended sort of the House of Commons procedure because he did not agree with this um, with this bill they were trying to pass. Uh, the bill in question was something that was supposed to help um, give relief measures for people who aren't able to work right now because of corona. Um, as we know, like the government... Um, Justin Trudeau last week made an announcement that they were going to roll out these employment insurance benefits that would help, um, you know, help take off the burden of people who weren't allowed to work or can't or not able to work right now. Um, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of people were pissed. And, you know, I am very fortunate that I sort of am in this weird, like, universe, like, stay between, like, university where I don't have to really think about paying my bills as much, but I know... It is, I know there are a lot of people out there who are working and it is very hard um, to like, you know, to figure out finances at this time. And I think it's sort of crazy this one guy sort of disrupted this government plan to help people uh, and now people want to boycott Giant Tiger, which is crazy. Um, Also a disclaimer, I'm going to be talking about politics and I just want you to know that I'm all the information I got and I've read from like reputable news sources like the CBC, Huffington Post, um, and I'm actually going to be reading um, Scott's little essay about why he decided to pause government. <laughs> so I'm gonna do. I'm doing my best to just interpret the news that I've read, and I just want you to know that this is not in any way going to be the most political political savvy thing you're gonna hear i am not a politician um i just have studied politics at queen's university and i'm just really a 22 year old girl just interpreting the news around her and this should not be your only form of news i will link all the resources all the things i've read um on description and read for yourself if you disagree with me at any points like message me because i love a good lively political debate that's respectful just remember let's not be mean to each other because i don't want people to be mean to me because i can't handle that right now (laughs) anyway so these are the facts that we know um so we know that Justin Trudeau last week was uh talking about the sort of economic benefits because if people can't really work right now that's gonna be one of financial strain on them and also a strain on the economy and we can't really um i think it would suck right now if our economy just like crashes down because then everything will go to shit and then we truly are going to live in a weird bad sci-fi novel that i don't want to live in um yeah anyway so we, we see that um yesterday they were just uh, in the house of commons a select few mps because obviously they don't want big groups of people to congregate in one room um so they have a select few of MPs to go and sort of pass this bill. Um, Scott um, 
had these orders from his party whip. And if you don't know what a party whip is, it is not a whip that each party has. Um, I really wish, though, there was such a thing because that would be so funny that the government has some BDSM kinks in there. But no, it is basically this one member in um, a party. So by the way, Scott's in the conservative party. Um, the party whip basically tell tries to keep the MPs in line and sort of agree with what the party uh, is trying to do to move like forward or like enact bill. So they say, you have to say no to this bill. The party whip is going to be like, yo, you have to follow this. If you don't, I'm going to like, it's bad. Um, so anyway, the party whip was like to Scott, um, I'm, I imagine it like went down like this. I'm, uh, I'm, I imagine it went down like this. The party whip goes, bro, <laughs> Don't go to Ottawa. You can't do that, bro. And Scott basically was like, I can do whatever I want. Um, And he went, made a surprise appearance uh, to sit in his seat and basically say, I do not agree with anything that's going on. And he posted a whole... And that's really when the shit hit the fan and people um, really got angry and that's what caused the whole Twitter trend um, thing to go on, to be popular on Twitter, the hashtag boycott giant tiger. Um, then Scott released a whole essay about why, you know, he did this. And I decided that, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll hear him out. Cause when I heard this, I was like, what the fuck? This is so dumb and stupid. People like people's lives are literally hanging by a thread right now. And this guy is just stopping proceedings and it made no sense to me. So I started to read his little essay because I thought it was very important to hear his side because, you know, it's very important to, like, have different sides of views. And I'll be honest, um, reading his essay, um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't really care about what the contents of the bill was because he he's, like, fine with it. He doesn't care about, like, that. What he does care about is power because, like, most politicians, I guess, care about where the power lies and who has it. Um, obviously, that's really what politics is about, just power. And he was just angry because this bill and the way that, you know, this bill was getting sort of like the way the proceedings were happening was un, basically unconstitutional, that it wasn't how Canada does, it wasn't how the Canadian government does things. Um, if I'm being honest, this guy, Scott Reed, has a real, has a real hard on for procedures. Um, he at one point says that panic shouldn't override the formal ancient political conventions. And he's like really horny for these conventions. And he's just angry that he wasn't able to have that. I also think he was making such a big poo because he was just not invited to be in the room where it happens. Um, sort of like Aaron Burr when um, Hamilton and you know, Ben Franklin made those deals and we don't know what happened. Um, he wanted to be in the room where it happened. He truly did. But anyway, um, he's basically saying that it is unconventional and saying that basically if this bill was passed, it's giving um, the Justin Trudeau and the liberal government um, power to strip parliament oversight uh, between now and December 21st, which I will agree, very long time to have sort of that, that power. Um, the reason why we have like oversight and all these things is because we need to keep, make sure that the prime minister has these checks and balances so he doesn't, you know, become a dictator. We never, we don't want that. We don't want to li live in like a dictatorship. That is not fun. Trust me. Um, but 
so he's really complaining about how long this, you know, this would last. And he was, he was basically saying that, you know, this whole crisis will probably end before, you know, the over, that over, like, oversight, um, before, like, the, the stripping of that oversight will end, you know. He's saying that it won't last till December 2021. Um, my point, my pointer to, like, free that is, like, maybe not, but we don't know. We really don't know how long corona is going to be here. And we don't know how long we have to live in this sort of, you know, self social distancing state. Um, so we don't know how long people are going to not go to work. We also don't know how long we, we really, we just really don't know the timeline of this and those ancient procedures and practices that were made like a hundred years ago was made really during a different time. No one could have guessed this was going to happen. And you know what? The government, what we need right now, in my opinion, is like a strong government unit to be able to make decisions fast and make sure that people who are in vulnerable communities are able to get the help they need. And I'm sorry that, I'm sorry, Scott, that you wanted to really take your time, really, and just look at all these bills, I'm sorry that we didn't want to act fast because obviously, you know, people right now are just dilly-dallying and can have all the money in the world to just, you know, stay inside and not go to work. That's, that's one of the things that annoyed me. I feel like there's just a lack of sort of empathy. And I feel like this guy was just so concerned that he was not allowed to be in, not have like, just not allowed to have any sort of power in the, the, in these proceedings. And I feel like that was doing a great disservice to the people this bill was supposed to benefit. Um, anyway. Yeah. So he's basically saying that Justin Trudeau just wants, he's, he's sort of alluding to the fact the, the way I read it, that Justin Trudeau wants to, you know, have more power. And I don't think that's the case. He also, he also makes the comparison that Justin Trudeau and Henry VIII are sort of the same person and that Henry VIII is Justin Trudeau's like role model in all of this, which makes no sense. And if you don't know who Henry VIII is, he was the guy who beheaded a bunch of his wives and married a bunch of women just so he could have a son. And so some other things of note uh, from his essay, um, he talks about why, about, he's basically like, again, bashing the liberal government by saying that... Um, they don't really care about our safety, um, only because the government's saying that MPs don't have to go to Ottawa because that'd just be dangerous for them to travel, uh, and compares that to the fact that domestic flights are still happening, in, are still allowed to happen in Canada. I feel like he's sort of missing the point. Like, the domestic flights are there because there are people who are part of industries and work that need to, you know, go between sort of the provinces, and there's also people flying to other provinces just so they can go back home. It's not like people right now are really like thinking, hey, let me go to Quebec. Let me fly because like, I think it'd be fun, yada, yada. Like, no, people, I think for the most part, people are taking this seriously and not taking mini vacations or just flying because they want to. Like people are like taking this seriously and know the risks involved. And he's saying that Justin Trudeau just wants to make sure that the government isn't sort of falling apart right now. So it's also just very funny the way he sort of like phrased that saying that the government doesn't care about everyday citizens um, by basically admitting that he's part of this elite group of people that the government only care about, which is, which is weird. So <laughs> it's more of a, he's sort of like praising himself for being part of this elite group and just saying, yeah, you guys, like they don't care about you because you're not part of us. And 
don't know. I just found that very. Um, I just very. I just found that very funny. Um, another thing. Another thing he talks about was um, he was sort of angry at the fact that um, saying that the government is sort of in, he was saying that basically the government is incompetent because they weren't able to get all 338 like MPs into one room. Um, he's saying that a friend of his, another fellow MP. Um, suggested why not use the Ottawa Convention Center to hold this meeting, which I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, he goes on to say that each MP could have like a two meter distance because how big the space is, and at least, and also that no one's using the space because it's obviously empty and there's no trade shows because you know people are scared of Corona. Um, I just find it funny that the official government's advice is that we shouldn't congregate in large groups, like no more than ten. I think people, I think that's the number. It could be higher or lower. I do not know. But I just know at least like you can't have 10 people in a room. That is bad. Um, and this guy is saying we should have 338 people in this one room and that it's going to be okay. Plus, you know, it's not just going to be those like 338 MPs. There's also going to be like pages that need to be on hand. There has to be other workers. There has to be a security for that amount of MPs. Like it's, it, it's, it has to be like a more, at least like around like 400, 500 people that have to be in that one building. And that is just, does not seem safe. Also the fact that most of those MPs would have to travel. So like, that's just going to be like a cesspool of like the virus, just like passing around to very important people in our government. So I think that was just a weird thing to put in his essay that that could happen. And he really s compared this whole thing not being able to get all the MPs in one room to this, to a fire that happened in 1916 in the House of Commons. Cause like there was a fire, burned it to the ground. But the next day, all governments still resumed cause they went to like a natural history museum and that's where they like, you know, did all the proceeding and laws. And I thought that was such a weird comparison to make. He makes really weird comparisons in this essay. Uh, first with Justin Trudeau and Henry VIII, now with the House of Commons burning down in 1916 to this coronavirus crisis. Like those things are really not similar. Like they are not similar at all. I mean, when that fire happened, no one was scared of catching like a disease from the fire and spreading it to other people. That was not their concern. Obviously, they could go to a museum the next day and talk about passing laws. That, that's fine. Um, what the main concern is, was they didn't want, Justin Trudeau and the Canadian government don't want people to spread the virus. Because like I said, having like those 500 plus people in one room is literally going to, someone's going to, like a bunch of people are going to catch Corona. Like that's, that's, it's going to happen. Especially people have to travel. That is such a weird, like that, I, that baffles me that that comparison was made. I don't understand. Um, he started really losing me. Then afterwards he lost me again when he suggested that if we that the MPs could fly by just like booking out entire rows in an airplane. And I'm like, that is Dumb. And he also mentioned that they can write us, write them in, in school buses. And I'm like, what points are you trying to make? These are not good points. You're basically saying that we should school bus all these MPs to Ottawa, <laughs> like a class field trip. And like, I'll be honest, can let me say that every time there's a class field trip, there's always that one kid who's sick and they get everyone sick. So you're so basically, Scott, you're saying that we should you're basically getting people sick. Like there's always been a field trip where one person is sick and everyone catches the cold. And that's what's going to happen when you bus MPs. Like they're like little school children. And like, I'm going to be honest, this whole thing, 
this whole essay just makes him sound like a butt hurt child who didn't get who got picked last uh, for dodgeball. It truly does. I think he was just really angry that he was not invited. I truly think that. Um, and he basically ends by saying that if we like him stopping this whole like proceedings is is good because it just shows that the government is standing strong and they're following procedures. Well, wow. Like, honestly, I, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know how to respond to him in this. I'm pretty sure he won't hear this because it, I think it would be hilarious if this MP somehow found my podcast and just heard me bashing him and calling him a butthurt school kid. But I just think that'd be funny. But for the most part, his points, you know, make no sense, in my opinion. I think he was really going somewhere with this idea of, you know, the government, ha- like Justin Trudeau having too much power. Uh, I think that's a very compelling and interesting argument to make. But he really lost me with those weird comparisons and the, the, the like these facts and informations that like, I think had no relevance to what he was trying to do or, you know, perceived trying to do. He also at one point made a little, like, reference to pigs on a poke, which I didn't, I still don't get it. Um, why are you mentioning these pigs? I think he was trying to sound, like, you know, lyrical with what he was saying, because, you know, he wants people, to get people enticed, enticed to his sort of weird cause. But, um, yeah, that's what Scott wrote, and I'm baffled by it, and I please, I'm going to leave the link to it, and I just want you guys to read it and react to it with me. I should mention, though, that thankfully uh, <clears throat> the House of Commons it was able to resume and they were a- both parties were able to reach um, an agreement of how sort of these benefit rollouts are going to come. So that's very great. And I just think that it was just completely odd and weird that this one man, this one guy with a fratty name was able to pause the House of Commons because he was just making a big poo out of everything. So that's episode for the day. Um, thank you so much for staying and listening to the whole thing. If you did, you are amazing. And send me your favorite political, like funny political headline, just to show me that you, you know, listen to the whole, listen to this whole podcast. I know that sometimes like talking about politics can be like sort of not fun, but I hope that I added some really fun flavors to it. Um, but honestly, I love. Uh, talking about politics, I did. I am a politics student at Queens, and I find all of this very interesting. And how I just like reading about how different people uh, and different governments react to what's going on around us. Anyway, I hope you guys liked what you heard, and if you did, remember share this with all your friends and family. Share it with anyone. Like truly, this podcast is for anyone to hear, and I hope you hope they like it. Um, you can DM me or send me any questions, concerns, whatever on my Instagram at the underscore quarantine diary. I'm also on Twitter at the quarantine D three. This podcast is on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Pinecast. Um, no words still from Apple or Google. So my hopes for that are slowly dwindling down, but anyway, that's not the point. Um, again, thank you for listening. And I just want you guys to remember that whoever you are, wherever you are, just wash your damn hands and I'll talk to you later. Bye. This is the outro song. Okay. Bye.